Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning. Good to see everybody. If this is your first time here, my name's Tim. I'm senior pastor and great to... uh, have you come out this morning? And I got to say it because, you know, uh, I am a, a, a man of the obvious. Uh, Eagles. The other team. One guy, Al. <laughs> hey, you know, there, there is a theology behind everything. I don't know if you notice this church. If you do a scripture search... You will find that the Eagles are in there 33 times, <laughs> where the Patriots are not in there at all. Uh, just saying. Uh, it seems like we uh, Christians can justify our choices <laughs> many times, <laughs> no matter what. Uh, well, hey, do any of you guys ever remember praying your first prayers? I mean, the serious prayers, the ones that. Uh, you went like, I really hope God answers this one. I really hope he does. Uh, my wife and I, our prayer ha- have been kind of funny and also very beautiful through the years. And some of them were like, when we were first married and I was in college, we had absolutely no money. I mean, my, I think my parents gave us $100 a month is what our stipend was. And uh, so we would go in North Carolina to where they gave away free food. And uh, we found out at, at UNC Charlotte, we found out that uh, students could get that if they were from out of state. And so, uh, you know, we slipped over there and filled up boxes of uh, food as much as they would let us take home. And they had this powdered milk, you know. And so, yeah, it was delicious. And um, <laughs> you know, we'd, take, we'd go buy like a half gallon of the real thing, and then we'd mix it with the powdered one to try to make it go longer. And I, I can remember we were like, we were just a few months into our walk with Jesus, and um, I remember reading in the Bible. And like I said, I wasn't raised in church, and so I, you read it, you thought you're supposed to do it. And I read where Jesus multiplied the loaves and all, and I was like, let's lay hands on the milk container, you know, let's <laughs> let's just see what God will do. And and you know, we would lay our hands and oh Lord. Please multiply this milk, you know, and, and and we did our part by adding the powder, and uh, <laughs> and and then the, you know a few years later the kids came and, and uh, washer and dryers, you know, like I've got one that sings a song to me now in the house that's needing a little prayer, but uh, we had one and we just could not afford to buy another one and it would go out and and Karen I started laughing at her she would pray for everything that broke. You know, I mean, she would. She walked over to the dryer. I said, you know, that's, you can't. I mean, come on, Karen, you know. She goes, really? (laughs) Oh, man, great man of faith and power. And uh, and she lays hands on it, and she starts praying, God, you know we need to wash our clothes and dry our clothes, please. And And I'm like, all right, that's why you pray. You know, that's why you're the prayer warrior in this house. And I've heard some embarrassing prayers in, in, uh, in my life. With uh, been doing this a while. I mean, I have prayed. I've heard murderers' prayers. I've sat in prison with them and uh, prayed with them. Just a couple of years out from their execution, I have prayed with people who have been through enormous amounts of pain. 
and, and devastation and listen to their prayers. And, and I have climbed ladders on construction sites two and three stories up in the air because I hear that someone is not doing well in, in the Lord and I'm leaning across trying to pray with him when the wind off the beach is blowing us. And, and, uh, and, and I said, look, just pray. Just ask God to help you. And he goes, Lord, I really blankety blank blank up. And, uh, you know, just every bit of raw honesty that you can bring out of your heart, he says. And, and uh, you know, you hear the the cry of the heart. And I think in prayers, we've been in this series for on the Lord's Prayer. Prayer, sometimes we give up because we, we think God's just not answering. Do you feel like that sometimes? You feel like it's just not, it's just not getting back. I, I, don't, I don't think it's coming back to me the way it should. Uh, and so, you know, we either resign ourselves to that he's a God who just doesn't listen or he's busy or who am I? I mean, who hasn't felt like that, right? Who am I among all the problems of the world and the situations in the world? Who am I for him to listen to? He's got more to do. Forgetting that he is God and that he can hear everybody's cry and that he notices everyone and you are his creation and he does care about you. And, and so Jesus teaches us in this prayer to come boldly to our Father. That's the way we started this series. Right off out of the gate, the first thing is to realize that He is a father, that he is not the distant God that we think. And so we set our focus early on, our father who is in heaven. He lives and he rules in a reign where everything he wants, he gets. Everything he wants, he gets. Here on the earth, it's not quite like that yet. And we've talked about that, won't cover all of that. Go back and listen to the first part of these messages Uh, But here, that's why Jesus taught us to pray this, that his kingdom come, his will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Because it's not being done. I was a short person in this chair before. And uh, uh, because it's not being done a lot of the time. That's why Jesus said, pray this. Pray what his will is. And the reason we pray it is because somehow, in some way, we participate in seeing his rule, his reign, his will happen on the earth. As it is always done in heaven or in the kingdom. In that realm where he rules, where one day he will entirely bring to this earth. In the meantime, we continue to pray for it to come. Uh, Today we get to the part of give us today our daily bread. Give us this day Our daily bread. And so let's say the Lord's Prayer together as we've been doing through this whole series. And and then we'll pray and jump into this. Matter of fact, why don't we do this? Why don't we stand to pray this this morning? And uh, let's do this. Let's start with our Father. Ready? Here we go. Our Father who are in heaven, be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory. Amen. Father bless Your word today as we look at the prayer that your son Jesus taught us to pray. We ask for understanding. We ask Holy Spirit as we've 
We're singing just earlier that indeed you would come and that you would fill this place. Help me in my weakness today, Lord. Give me the gift of teaching for the next few minutes. Father, feed us with your bread, the bread from heaven this morning, God. Bring hope where there is hopelessness, Lord. Bring healing where there are wounds, God. And most of all, bring your presence to our midst today in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. There's a fill-in on the back of your handout if you want to follow along. And uh, there are three, three things I want to point out, point out that this part of the Lord's Prayer reminds us of. And the first one is this, that it reminds us to pray for specific needs. Specific needs. It doesn't get any more specific or really basic than bread, does it? I mean, that is like the basic necessity of life. I have to have something to eat to sustain my existence or it's not going to happen. And I think that many of us, if we do get worn down in our prayers and we get a bit discouraged, we stop being specific. We, we kind of use the prayer, uh, your will be done, as a general catch-all. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I say that too, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Father, what your will be done, that's what he teaches us to pray, right? But there are other parts of this prayer that are his will that we pray for. And part of it is that there be bread, that there be sustenance. And so, uh, I mean, just this week, I, I received two emails with testimonies of one was a vehicle that was in need. And uh, could only pay so much, and, and the person couldn't, and the dealer wouldn't come down, and the person finally came down to a certain level, and then the person was blessed with an increase in their funds that fit just right into paying for the vehicle. And you know, you can't go make a living, you can't go even earn bread if you can't get there to earn it. And so there are specific parts of this, of our lives, that God says, ask me for it. Ask me for what you need. Another, I heard another testimony this week of someone who could not make payment. You couldn't make payment on their rent and they didn't know how they were going to make it. And, and for some of us, this is, is very common. And for some of us, this is not common for us. We don't understand the daily bread concept that if I don't get what I need today, I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. I just, I'm not sure how, but I... I heard again this week how someone was blessed when others heard this prayer and heard that they needed this before they lost their home, before they got out of their home. People stepped up and they were praying years ago. And um, some of maybe a couple of you, I know Doug and a few other will know who this is, but there was a guy named Yonggi Cho in South Korea who pastored the biggest church in the world. You won't believe this, over 100,000 members. Well, when he first started out, uh, he started out sharing Jesus, and he told the Lord he needed a bicycle. He said, uh, for me to get around and be able to share your word, I need a bicycle so I can travel and tell people, and I just need a bicycle. And he said he felt the Lord said to him, well, what kind of bicycle? He said, well, it'd be nice to have this kind. I don't remember what the exact story was, maybe a 10-speed, you know, so I can get up the hills. Okay, what color? Well, you know, if I really like yellow, that would be nice. Okay, do you need a basket? Because you're going to be handing these tracks out and inviting people. Do you need a basket to get done what you're called to do? Well, that would be really nice, you know. And uh, this has been 
40 years ago now hearing these stories, but I never forgot the specificity of the prayer and how to him God was not put off, but actually wanted you to say specifically, this is what I need. This is what I I need to get done, what I feel like I'm called to do, and this is how I'm going to get by. You know, in the Old Testament, one of the names, when we look through God's character this past summer and looked at the various names, one of his names was Jehovah Jireh, which is my provider, right? God is my provider. Jehovah is my provider. He provides for me. Martin Luther said this, when you pray for daily bread, you pray for everything that is necessary to enjoy daily bread. You must expand your thoughts to more than flour or the flour bend. For if God did not cause the grain to grow and preserve the field, we could never take a loaf of bread from the oven to set on the table. Isn't that true? And so we pray daily, what do you need? What is your daily bread? Right now, if you were to write in your handout, my specific need right now and today is this. You should have got a pen, received a pen when you came in. If you write that down, what is your... Don't be shy. Don't be shy. I prayed for a red Volkswagen one time. Unfortunately, God gave it to me. Um <laughs> And it was a red Volkswagen. Like, I want a red Volkswagen. And I did. I had to wire the carburetor on with coat hangers, but it worked, you know. And uh, I mean, it's because it's the, it's the details in what we need specifically that speaks to God's good character. Do you get this? That he sees every little part of our life. And when we tell him, this is God, this is, this is my bread for the day. This is what I need. Is it the oven? Is it the job to get the bread? Is it the miraculous supplying of the bread now because I will not have time to earn it between now and when it's needed? Be specific with it. That's, that's your first thing. Reminds us to pray for specific needs. And your second one is this. This prayer also reminds us to pray for others' needs. And we started this prayer saying this is our Father, right? Who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this part, give us, right? Give us our daily bread. This is a communal prayer. We pray it, I know, separately all the time. And that's good and that's great. But as we said in the beginning, we need to remember we are not praying alone. That we are praying together this. And that also that we are not only in our need at this moment. But there are others with us who have the same needs. And so this, this is a linking. It's, it's the disciples, this passage from Luke 11 where it launches. And now we're using Matthew 6. And I think there were two distinct times actually. The, the prayers are a little bit different. Not much, but a little bit different. But in the Luke 11 passage... You know, the disciples come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And, and Jesus says, our Father. In other words, I'm with you in this. We're praying this together. And so when the disciples prayed together, it was our Father. We go together in this. That's again, as an advocate for the local church, 
This is how we pray. Uh, the two, I mean, there are examples and examples of how our Father has ministered to us because we are together, because we've been together, because we have linkage and we have purpose. And, you know, in a few minutes, you're going to have an opportunity to receive prayer from others and you're going to have an opportunity to pray for others. After the Korean War, uh, the orphanages were filled with children. And, and though the nurses gave the children three meals a day after having been through so much, they found out that in the evenings the children got very anxious. Even though they had three meals, they got very worried and nervous at the evenings. And what it happened is they were not sure they were going to have any bread for tomorrow. Though they had been fed today, their nervousness and their anxiety just flooded over them because they did not know what was going to happen tomorrow. So the nurses took a slice of bread in the evening, right before they went to sleep, and they laid it in their hands. And they said, here. And they, the anxiety began to drift away because they knew they had something for tomorrow, today. And so... There are others around us, even in this room right now, whose needs are profound. There are needs all around us in our county, in our state, in our country, and in the world, of course. And we, as the people of God, as those emissaries of the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God, not only do we pray for the miraculous provision of God, but like we learned uh, Last week, we also do the will of God, right? Out of Hebrews, we do it. We do the good, perfect will of God. We pray for it to miraculously come, but we also step into doing the will of God. And so part of that is knowing each other's needs and praying for one another and also stepping into that. Did you know in South Carolina, 20% of those over 60 are not sure they're going to have a meal tomorrow? In this state. In this state. Maybe this, when we pray this, give us today our daily bread. Maybe this will help you pray a bit more. That's 807,960 people in South Carolina who are not sure tomorrow they will have a meal. 28% are children. Two, almost 300,000 children in our state are not sure they will have bread for tomorrow. Give us this day our daily bread. Us, our daily bread. 16% of our population, which is over 300,000 now, live in poverty in our county right here. Much less looking out. You know, there's so much to do everywhere. But even right here, when we pray that prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we pray it with those, with those folks. You know, it's not my need, it's our need. It's the need that we have and we see around us. We are a people of the kingdom. Our Lord fed the hungry, didn't he? I, I challenge you guys off and on through the years I've done this in this church. Go through the gospels and mark every time you see Jesus having a meal. Just, I, I, it'll be so much fun. Because I've done it in every Bible that I, I go through and I find it and I highlight it and I put an asterisk at the top. Jesus ate meal. <laughs> Jesus ate meal. Just go through it, and you will see that Jesus loved to eat meals with people. He loved to do that. 
there was something about Jesus having a meal with someone, breaking bread with someone that was very, very special. And in John, when he broke the bread for the 5,000, which I got, I started looking at it earlier this week and I posted it on my Pastor Tim Facebook page, but I couldn't even finish the story because I was so taken aback by Philip and Andrews, their different perspective of what Jesus was doing. Because in that story, John's take of it, it says that Jesus already knew what he was going to do when the 5,000 were hungry and and he says, you know, what are we going to do? You need to get some bread for them. And Philip goes, dude, that'll take six months wages. You know, and that won't even be enough as he used hyperbola and he exaggerated. That won't even be enough for one bite. So what he was doing was stating the obvious, and that is there's no way this can happen. And, uh, and then Philip, though, I mean Andrew, Peter's brother, Andrew immediately is eavesdropping. And I love people like this. He eavesdrops and he jumps in. Well, there's a little kid here with a few loaves and a few fishes. Oh, but he's just a boy, and that's just a few fishes and a few loaves, and the need is so great. But what was his first response? His first response was, we've got something. We've got something. And you see that Andrew's eyes are the eyes of praying this with others. It's whatever we have is what we can use. It's not what we don't have that we can use. It's what we have. And I love the fact that Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, you feed them. He knows they can't feed them. But he also knows they have something. And so he blesses what's done and he multiplies it. Give us our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. It's not those people. It's we people. And your third one is this. This prayer, this part of the prayer reminds us To pray for his daily presence. It is a very real thing, the bread. And it's a very tangible thing. And we need that. And people around us need sustenance. And they need jobs. But there is something else we need in our lives. And that is the very presence of the bread of life. And that is Jesus himself. Some of us in here today are are very hungry for that. We've gone without a meal for a long time. We've heard other people talk about it. They talk about what the bread tastes like. Maybe you even had a taste of it at one time in your life. We tell stories of, I've got some great stories, and and I love telling the stories, but you know what's even better than a story is an experience now. What's even better than what was is what is. (laughs) And that is when we actually experience and taste the presence of God in our lives. That grows our faith and our trust in him. It does something special. It feeds us in a special way. In Luke 24, after the resurrection, you remember this story on the road to Emmaus? There were two disciples walking along, and they're talking about what happened to Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks up and joins them as they're walking down the road, but they don't recognize who he is. And so they're telling the story, and here is Jesus walking with them. And they're telling the story about him. And he goes, really? Seriously? You know, you got to love it, man. And uh, so they walk on and they have such a great conversation and they come to a village. And so the two disciples start to split off for the evening. 
Jesus continues on, but they say, hey. You know, they're thinking, what a great conversation, and there's something about this. And why don't you come and have a meal with us? Why don't you come and stay in the village tonight, too? And so it says they went and they got a meal, and it says that Jesus took the bread, and when he broke it, they recognized him. There's something about the bread that makes us aware of Christ's presence. And then he's gone. You know, he's, he's, he's out of there. On the beach in John 21, one of my favorite stories of all time is on the beach. And every time I read this story, I see this light fog over a glassy ocean. And the guys are fishing and they're not catching anything. And they hear a voice that's familiar from the, from the beach. Say, hey, have you caught anything? And they go, no, nah, not a thing. And why don't you throw your nets on the other side of the boat? And they do. And they pull in this huge haul. And he says, come on, bring, bring some of your fish back to the beach and let's cook breakfast and as they get closer they see that a fire has started and they probably begin to smell the bread that's cooking over the fire and Jesus has his own bread and he has his own fish but he asks for them to bring some of theirs you get this bring some of yours to this meal and when they get to the fire and they see him cooking in the bread then suddenly they realize who he is over and over again in John 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I mean, just read the whole chapter over and over and over again. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There is a hunger inside of every single one of us. Yes, it is a tangible, real hunger for our bodies to be fed so we can have strength to do what God has called us to do. But there is also a hunger and thirst inside of us for the very presence of God, for the bread of life to come and feed that void. And we need to be fed over and over and over again because we get hungry. That's sometimes why we stray. We, we're hungry. We're hungry for something that's not connecting inside. And so we begin to drift back to the things that maybe gave us some joy or gave us some satisfaction all those years ago or uh, something that excites us, whereas Jesus is on the beach with the meal. He's breaking the bread. Next Sunday, you guys get to celebrate communion. And when you break that bread, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Are you hungry for his presence? We need a daily bread, a daily meal. Hebrews 10.36 says, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. This is such an upside-down kingdom, the kingdom of God. While we pray for his bread to come to us, we are to do the will of God by giving the bread that we have. And we persevere in that, doing the will of God as God brings his kingdom through us. You get this? We, like we said last week, we pray and we obey. We pray for it to come, miraculously come, but we obey in the doing of it as well. And in the doing of it, it, it comes. The kingdom comes. The bread comes. And God at times multiplies many times over what we have to offer. Many times over. 
your influence. See, because vineyard in this place is way larger than your numbers. Because God takes what little we have and he blows it up and he uses it as we join him, as we persevere in doing the will of God. So this morning, here's my question. Do you have a pressing present need? Do you have something right now that you would say, I need bread. My anxiety is high and I need bread. I need this now. I want you to think because I'm going to ask you to stand in just a moment. The second one is this. Do you have someone else on your heart that has a pressing need? Do you know someone who is praying, I need, a daily, I need some daily bread right now. Is there someone that you've been praying for that you care a lot about who has a need? And thirdly, do you hunger for God's presence? Do you need, a, do you need to be able to smell the fresh aroma of God's presence in your life? I have always been amazed again at a section of scripture when Elijah, remember Elijah? He had this great, I mean, if God used you like he did Elijah and the Baal prophets, you would think, yeah, I'd like, I'm good. You know, you'd be like, right on. You know, you'd be spiking the ball like Tom's going to, you know. Anyway, um, you'd be like, good. But what happens to Elijah? He had hit the end of his emotional tank and he was depressed. He was depleted and he was done. So he runs for the hills. He just wants to get away from everybody. Ever felt like that? Let me out of here. I'm done, God. I've had it. I've done everything I know to do, and I'm depleted. I'm at the end of it. God lets him go. He collapses on his way to the mountains through the desert. He collapses, and when he wakes up there, an angel has cooked some fresh bread. And there's a bottle of cold water sitting right there for him. He gets up, he eats, he drinks, and he goes further deep on into the wilderness to be by himself. He goes and he falls asleep again. What does God do? He gives him fresh bread and water until he finally makes it to the mountain and he crawls in a hole and he says, I'm never coming out. Might be your bedroom, might be your work, might be the ocean. Let me crawl in there and never come out. And God comes to him and he says, come on out here. Come on out to the mouth. And God brings his presence to him. Just what he needed. Not the rocks and the earthquake and not the fire. But a gentle whisper and breeze of his presence. That gave Elijah the strength to go back down that mountain. And finish what he started. Maybe that's you today. You need the presence of God. And fourthly. Do you sense God calling you to come? To him, the bread of life. And to respond to his call on your life. To say, okay, God, I get it. I get it. I need you. That's the need in my life. This would be a great day to do it. So first, I'm going to ask you to do this. And we will end with praying this prayer together. But here's what I want you to do. If you have a pressing present need yourself, would you stand? It's our daily bread together. Okay, folks, I want you to look around. Because we're going to pray for one another in a minute. Now, do you have someone else on your heart that you know needs bread today? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Now, and you know, 
this, all of these may apply to you. I don't know. But thirdly, do you have a hunger for God? You're like, yeah, I have not had the presence of God and the taste of the presence of God in my life in a while. And I need to taste it. I want to smell the bread. I want to taste the bread of life. I want to drink from the fountain that God has provided for me. Would you stand, please? And then fourthly, no, has God been chasing you down? Because I don't think we find God. I think you just like the song we said, and I said last week, and not to make you paranoid, but God is after you. <laughs> He's looking for you. And do you see his eyes, his love on you this morning? If that's you, would you stand so you can say with us, yes, Lord, I'm coming to the table to eat. Just stand now with the rest of us. Okay, look around this room, and here's what we do. It's our bread, right? Our daily bread. I want you to look someone close by or near you and, and ask them if you can just say a word of prayer over them. Can you just say, give us our daily? Even if that's all you can pray, that's good. Give us our daily bread. And pray that right now. That's right. Give us our daily bread. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's right. Just give us this day our daily presence, Lord. Give us this day your presence right now. Give us this day. Go ahead. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.